the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. I'm ready to pack on some pounds with a ham and maloney sandwich. <laughs> I can't even get it out without laughing. Y'all know Mondays with Maloney uh, is my buddy, Brian Maloney. And that little quip comes courtesy of DJ Sesame. Broccolini, he's in the house. I love him. Sesame bro- 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 Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame. Broccolini. <laughs> <laughs> never gets old no it doesn't get old and i saved i want you to i want you both to know that i saved this topic for right now specifically because my boy brian maloney was going to be on here hey my dear how are you oh I, i'm okay this show is getting silly <laughs> but you know what thank you for that thank you because we have to keep laughing you know, we ha- we can't lose our sense of humor. We have to keep it. No. And that's why I'm so grateful to Gavin Newsom right now. Did you guys see the video <laughs> on the basketball court? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Chinese kids. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. You saved that topic for me. You saved that one for me. Yes. yes. I feel very special. I, I feel special. <laughs> If you guys haven't seen Oh, I've watched it three times. It's been all over Twitter. Um, Do you have it somewhere for the listeners to see uh, on the website or something? I haven't posted it. I've got to post it on the socials. I've seen this thing so many times today, and it still leaves me tears rolling down my face. I mean, this bozo, it's bad enough that he went off on a toot around the world to China when America is in crisis, okay? (laughs) And we are in crisis right now. I mean, and and even if we weren't as a nation, I mean, our ally Israel is, right? I mean, these are really treacherous times right now. There's no reason for, you know, Governor Harry Jail to be over in China. And then he did this terrible um, photo op at the Great Wall of China. I mean, how how stupid are you? How out of touch are you? You're over there bragging and marveling at a wall when we got an open border, right? That's all bad enough. But then he goes on. Tell me why he went on a basketball court with little little Asian boys in the first. Well. Yeah, so the whole, I mean, as you said, Andrea, the entire trip was insane because, I mean, you know, first of all, we're being, I mean, this entire Middle Eastern thing is, is designed to get as many of our ships and troops over there 
so that China has an opening to invade Taiwan. Right? Yes. We all know that. So, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, Gavin goes over there. I mean, the invasion of Taiwan could have been launched while he was still there. I mean, the timing was so bad. And it's another example of Gavin measuring the curtains in the White House because he's already going over there acting like he's the presumptive president. I mean, if I were the Biden-Harris people, I would be fit to be tied over Gavin Newsom's insane behavior. I mean, running around. Oh, I believe that they are. I believe that they are angry. He he bigfooted not just Joe Biden, but Michelle Obama, who I have been convinced is who they're going to pop in just in time for the Democrat convention in Chicago. And one of the reasons why I laughed so hard at this video of him mowing down these little Chinese kids on this basketball court was because it was so metaphorical of this trip over there. It was such a hashtag fail. Why would they even release a video of him being being told by a photographer, look pensive as you're looking out off the wall? I mean, it could not have been a more disastrous trip for himself. And quite frankly, to me, it spells uh, it's good for us because if he was the nominee, to me, this proves that he's not the unstoppable force that people like re- alleged radio host Jesse Kelly claim that he is. Well, Jesse Kelly is, you know, not to be trusted. I mean, Jesse Kelly is someone who, and I have a, a clip, uh, or I had a tweet that he sent out a year ago that I keep in a file for whenever people start raving about Jesse Kelly, where he says, I am not a conservative or a Republican, but blah, 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 blah. And right. it's like, okay, thanks, Jesse, because, you know, there are a lot of people who think he's conservative, and he's not one of us, and he's never been one of us. So I'm sick no. of these people. There's a, there are a group of people on Twitter who portray them themselves as conservative influencers and every once in a while they let things slip about where they really are and a lot of these a lot of these clowns have been showing their true colors in recent weeks and we found out where a lot of them really were and so i get i get mad when i see these guys with you know twenty thousand retweets or whatever portraying themselves as conservatives collecting a monthly check from elon and not being conservative at all never were genuinely with us so there's a lot of fraud going on and jesse kelly is one of the top fraudsters i'm sorry if you're, any of your listeners are offended by this but he admits you know in a, in a certain candid moment that he ain't one of us so there's yeah. that but the other part forgive the tangent but let's get back to gavin because you know gavin is convinced that it's either biden or it's harris and he can either one of them and you know uh, the the problem is, okay, if the Democrats didn't have their own primary system rigged in advance, could he topple both of them? Yeah, he could. I mean, there's no question. But they do rig their primaries. I mean, they, they you know, they have been rigging their primaries for years. Think about the 08 election when they made sure that Obama got the nomination, even though it was Hillary that was, remember that? Remember that primary yeah. season when Hillary was getting more votes and more delegates, and then they, they used the super delegates to, uh, uh, you know, to make sure she was denied the nomination. So, uh, you know, so the, the bottom line with Gavin is that he can go over there and clown around in China all he wants, but 
I mean, once he gets back over here, I think what he doesn't realize and what his backers don't realize, and remember, he is the product of a billionaire family in San Francisco, the real rulers of San Francisco, who are a secret cabal of billionaires, and the Getty family has been at the center of it. And this is how San Francisco has been run for a century or more, actually, with very, uh, I mean, the people don't realize how San Francisco was has really been run. Um, but the, the bottom line here is they, they raised Gavin. He was created as a, as like a bot, you know, like a robot to be a president. He was like born and bred as a future president. So every step along the way from, from planning commissioner in San Francisco to county supervisor, to mayor, to governor, to every, whatever I missed in the middle there. Um, and then the, everything has been a stepping stone to the presidency. So that's where they're going to try to push him. They're going to try to ram him down our throats. But I don't think the guy is going to play very well outside of coastal California. You know, he's got the phony hair and the phony looks, and that plays well in certain towns on the coast of California. But I don't know what you do with him in the rest of the country. The hair and the whole, his whole, he's just a fraud from head to toe. And I don't know what you do with him. Um, well, um, you know, you don't know what they do with him, what the Democrats are going to do with him. Well, I don't know what you would do with him in the rest of the country. I don't know what you would do with him in New Hampshire, in Iowa and South Carolina. I don't know how he would play. Um, you know, he doesn't check the right boxes anymore for Democrats for one thing. Uh, that's one problem, but yeah, I that's the biggest, that's the, that's the biggest problem that he's got really. And he also, uh, and then you add in the fact that his record is a The beauty for them with Michelle Obama is they can drop her in. She's got the Obama name. She doesn't have a political record um, that they could use against her. And, you know, I think she's the obvious play for them. Well, I've got you on the phone. I've got to switch gears because since you've been on with me last, we have a new speaker, Mike Johnson, which came as a surprise to everybody. Um, The left. Here's how, you know, in my opinion, he's a solid pick. I'm curious on your thoughts. Uh, the left is absolutely hysterical over him. The worst that they can come against him on is Jen Psaki on MSNBC uh, doing an entire monologue against him. And it's trending all over the news today that this guy, he says the Bible is, you know, is is his view of the world and how he bases his view. Oh, my goodness. You know, how can we stop this guy? Well, I think it's absolutely incredible how Mike Johnson, uh, I mean, I think he, he's a gift from God. I really do. I think that, uh, or an intervention or something, because I don't know how we got so, I mean, I, I would call it luck, but I think there's more going on here. I think it's a total vindication of Matt Gates, a total vindication of the guy, because, uh, you know, all I heard was whining for, what, three weeks every single day about how Matt Gates had ruined the future of the Republican Party, that we should have kept Kevin in there. Uh, from all usual rhinos and never Trumpers and screaming how, how look at what he's done to us and now we don't have a speaker and we have chaos and you know we were just fine during those three weeks um, at least you know I mean you know the world wasn't fine but that wasn't caused by losing Kevin McCarthy who's been useless his whole life and the bottom line is how did we end up with a far 
better speaker in all of this. We almost, and I think when I was talking to you last week, uh, we were at, at that moment where we almost had Tom Emmer, who would have been the, oh. remember that was last Monday. Yes. But we almost ended up with the worst ever. We ended up with a Paul Ryan clone um, of the worst order, just one of those horrible rhinos. And then it's almost like Mike Johnson just slipped in like nobody was looking and everybody was fatigued from all these votes because had there been any extended scrutiny uh, over over Mike's uh, positions, uh, he would have never been, I mean, unanimously voted in. I mean, he is a solid, solid, actual conservative socially and fiscally and a voting record to back it up. And he's been voting no on all this insane Ukraine fraud and excess, you know, he's been voting no on all the Ukraine packages. Uh, and he's, and he's promised this week and he's promised this week that he's going to put forward and get past a standalone aid for Israel package. He's yeah. come out and said that the investigations into Biden are not winding down. He has accused Biden of cover up. Uh, you know, he was he was he joined in the amicus brief back in the fall of 2020 with Texas. Um, which was the lawsuit that Texas filed and 22 states uh, joined in, uh, which was denied. The Supreme Court refused to hear it. But basically, it said that Pennsylvania had denied their voters in the state of Texas their their vote um, because Pennsylvania uh, broke the law when the Pennsylvania Supreme Court rewrote the election law and den- denying other states, therefore, um, their votes. Uh, well, I don't know how how we got a unanimous vote. How the rhinos voted for him, unless some. I mean, I I, I want to know more. But the problem was the news cycle is so intense with so much going on. The world yeah. is in chaos, if not in flames. That we didn't really get a lot of details on how this deal was made to get such a great man elected speaker. But I'm telling you, Matt Gates saved the party in next year's yep. election. Next yeah, November. Next, And you know what? None of the establishment rhinos and never Trumpers are going to give Matt Gates credit next November. They're going to credit themselves. But I want your listeners to remember this because we now have a fighting chance of what Rush Limbaugh used to say is, you know, we only win when conservatism is actually on the ballot. Uh, And I'll never forget the day after the election of 2008, you know, when he said on the day after the November election, he said, you know, we didn't lose yesterday. We weren't on the ballot. We need to be on the ballot. Our ideas, our views, our stances, our positions need to be on the ballot instead of this, oh, we we don't want to scare voters by being too conservative. Let's run a bunch of moderates. Dem light light does not no, dem light does not sell, and we've no, got we're to not. make sure. Yeah, right. We're not living well, Brian, in moderate times. We're not living no, in moderate times. No, we're not. Brian Maloney, Red Wave America, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Yummy ham and Maloney sandwich. That's what that was. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. That always makes me think of Hillary for some reason, because she's the opposite of skinny. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, we were talking to 
my dear friend Brian Maloney about Gavin Newsom. If you guys have not seen that video of him mowing over to kids on the basketball court in China, it is a must watch. Funnier than anything Saturday Night Live might have done. And they reported Saturday Night Live reportedly did a skit about Biden on Saturday night. And I don't know if you watched it, Sesame Broccolini. My guess is, is it was pretty timid. It really wasn't full-throated comedy against Joe Biden. Um, we also talked with Brian Maloney about the attacks on Mike Johnson by Jen Psaki over him being a Christian. Uh, the left has been freaking out since he became the new speaker. They're using his faith and his belief as a Christian against him on top of the fact that he and his wife, when they were a young married couple, adopted a black uh, young man. I believe he was 14 at the time. And now he's being attacked for tweeting and showing his black son in his tweets. Anything you want to uh, say about any of this, Sesame Broccolini? Yeah, I, I didn't realize people were attacking him like that. Um, but I'm, he doesn't seem like the kind of person to be phased easily. Um it's, it seems like he's got thick skin. And look, I, I think it's hilarious that we're standing here in a Christian country founded by Christian men who said you have God-given rights and the government can never take those away. And we're painting anybody who's a Christian as a, as a radical. You know, she, was, she, she came out and she said something like, oh, my gosh, everybody, did you know that, that this man is basically a Christian fundamentalist? And the first thing I thought was, you mean like all of the founding fathers? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> um, but, and this is at the same time, though. That they're defending. We've got pro-Palestinian Hamas mobs everywhere threatening Jews, and they're defending them, but attacking this man. Yeah, the it's... ideology behind Hamas is shared. The vast majority of Palestinians support Hamas and what they did to Israel. That's okay. Like Rush Limbaugh said on 9-11, terror, the Islamists attacked us and killed us on September 11th, and we've been apologizing to them ever since. And at the same time, they're attacking a Speaker of the House because, in fact, there was an article today. It wasn't just Jen Psaki. There was an article today. <gasps> the town he's from in Louisiana they're about God and faith. Can you believe that? I faith, mean, family, country. Wow. <laughs> uh, what? They keep attacking him, but the more they say, the more I like him. I mean, wow. He believes that right. man is man, woman is woman, and they're made for each other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I know. I yeah. like this guy more and more as time goes by with the light of day. Yeah, and to, and to attack him because he and his wife adopted a black kid and they're tweeting about it. I mean, yeah. What are they you saying? Know, how terrible. Like what? Well, I mean, it's it's along the lines of the same thing um, that they did against Amy Coney Barrett, because Amy Coney Barrett has a black daughter mm -hmm. that uh, she and her husband adopted mm -hmm. because the, it, it for this. And, and it's they're attacking them for adopting black children for the same reason that they attacked Clarence, Tom, Clarence Thomas um, and Ben Carson and Candace Owens as racist. Right. It's that. It, it, it would, it, because it's a threat to their narrative of all white people being racist now and uh, the nation being racist, they have to somehow characterize an act of non racism as racist. Does that make sense? In the same way that anti racists go around and basically call for segregation. Um, yes. All of these leftists, you know, none of it makes there, any sense to me. Privilege. Adopting a white, a black kid is a white privilege flex. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And a black conservative being conservative makes him an Uncle Tom. 
Right. right? Okay. So it's a betrayal. So the left gets to determine what makes someone. Yes, they get exactly. to determine who gets to hold the black identity it doesn't matter, card. Yes. It right, doesn't okay. matter what a white person does. So some white progressive from racism. Syracuse University who's been radicalized on online gets to say to a, it's like when we saw during the Portland riots in, in 2020 with these uh, these young white ladies who would go up to like African American black police officers and say you're the real you know racist here and you're the real white supremacist here and you're the real problem and they didn't see the the irony but then again it's the same thing we saw here in California with Larry Elder with that one woman who wore the mask remember like a monkey mask and then threw oh, yeah. a banana at Larry Elder or threw an egg at him on the campaign yeah. trail a white lady puts on a gorilla mask and then throws an egg at a black man and the mainstream media in California is like oh we must have missed it oh. yeah <laughs> we, we yeah, didn't see exactly. that one <laughs> I mean yeah. how much more of a how much more of a smoking gun do you want when it comes to an actual hateful crime Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just un- unbelievable to me. So I don't know if they're just trying to they're just trying to bury Mike Johnson with the same stuff. It's all the same bogus allegations that Trump is dealing with. Anyone who attacks the swamp feels their wrath. And that's why I really like Mike Johnson, because he's yep. anti-establishment. He's America first. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And he's fearless. And he um, he's a brilliant attorney. He started his career working at Alliance De- Defending the ADL. Yeah, they do a um, lot of great not, cases, especially yeah, for pro-lifers in the Face Act stuff. Um, yeah, with like Mark Houck and all these FBI raids on people that have done absolutely nothing wrong, but they're doing they're carrying water for Planned Parenthood and the pro-abortion lobby. So, in the pro-abortion right. industry, by the way, <laughs> so you know all the people that profit off of the death of babies inside the womb, which is sick. Yeah. But there's a giant industry behind it, and I hope so. It, yeah. And it's it's good the ADL is doing stuff about it, and I'm glad Mike Johnson can you know hopefully bring some some more uh, attention to their organization as well, just with this whole speakership yeah um there's a story that came out over the weekend that's just i keep thinking about and it's um playwright david mamet who wrote um glenn gary glenn ross mm-hmm. uh wrote an an, an op-ed in unheard an essay titled how the democrats betrayed the jews and who knew that mamet was a conservative wow. by the way and, and a trump supporter and he said there is no more uh, cossy misery in uh, in the anti-Semitism of the Democrat Party. Representatives are affiliated with the Democratic Socialist and pro-Palestinians calling for the end of the state of Israel. That is for the death of Jews. He, he said that uh, Democrats were uh, stupid for voting. Uh, Jews, American Jews were stupid for voting um, for Democrats. He said the writing is on the wall in blood. Um, uh, he specifically called out the liberal American Jews who are still pledging fealty to a party that clearly is siding against them. Uh, and he went on to say, um, Demo- uh, Democrat rep- repeat refused to retract the libel that Israel bombed a hospital in spite of absolute proof to the contrary and would not call out the unutterable atrocities of Hamas. Um, he also blasts those calling for a ceasefire. He says those who consider themselves mere liberal moderate, uh, mere liberals mo- uh, moderate their cowardice by calling for a ceasefire, which is to say a pause while Hamas rearms. I mean, just, just excoriated. And, and it's about time. I, I you know, I, they voted. I don't understand this voting block mentality. I've never let anybody tell me how to vote ever in my life. 
And I don't understand entire blocks of people from a certain race or skin color voting a certain way. I I can't wrap my head around it. I cannot wrap my it's why Donald Trump finally said to the black voters, what do you have to lose? You keep voting for a party that's done nothing but keep you down, done nothing but destroy your family. And here's the same thing with with the American Jews. And I get that there's a lot of Jews in this country that really aren't, you know, about their faith. They're not Orthodox. They probably never go to synagogue, never celebrate Hanukkah. But we're talking about Orthodox Jews voting Democrat. It makes absolute no sense, no sense whatsoever. It was President Trump. How many presidents had promised to move the embassy in Israel? And it was President Trump who did. He Was he not the first United States president to go to the Wailing Wall? I believe he was. Look at the Abraham Accords that he did. Look at the peace that we had in the region. And look at the Democrat Party funding Iran, who has pledged to wipe Israel off the map. It makes no sense whatsoever. So David Mamet might be in running for hero of the week for me because he's called out his brothers, his Jewish brothers and sisters for their stupidity. And uh, that's that's a good thing. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. I do want to talk a little bit about the death of Matthew Perry. And when you stay tuned, you'll hear why. Don't go away. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K, whatever you call her. She's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. I want to mention, I know that, uh, you know, they, when the news broke this weekend over Matthew Perry's death, that I even had some people on social media laughing because he, you know, drowned in a hot tub. And there's such an anti-Hollywood thing going on right now. And I get it. I mean, I've been railing against Hollywood and and the crap going on now for years. I get that. Um, But this this death is hit me different in terms of a Hollywood celebrity. And for a couple of reasons. And and I normally wouldn't even talked about it at all, except that there were a couple of people on my social media that mocked him and ridiculed him. And I get it in one sense, because when I hear that a, a, a Hollywood celebrity dies in a hot tub at a young age who once wore a shirt saying, could I be any more vaccinated? Um, me, my first thought was clot shot. Uh, however, I'm still not going to laugh or celebrate anybody's death unless they're an Islamic terrorist. So that bothered me a little bit that anybody would do that. And another reason why it did is that I think of him as uh, uh, I immediately thought of him differently than other Hollywood actors. It's been 20 years since think about this. It's been 20 years since friends left the air. 20 years. That's a long time. The show ran for 10 years and it ended 20 years ago. And when that show was on air, it was a global phenomenon. And yet nobody has ever heard a story or reported on a story of him being a jack wagon. There's never been a report of him being ugly to anybody. He's never done a public service announcement that was anti-Trump. He's never done a report, never done an interview that I've ever seen of in which he bashed conservatives. He was not that Hollywood actor. And his work was some of the best comedic work in my lifetime. I could not stand watching reruns of 
um, the Dick Van Dyke show with him dopey. You know, I never could stand even as a kid, um, slip and fall humor, a slapstick. I always thought it was phony. I hated it. I didn't like three stooges as a kid. I always, I always, I just, I didn't, I always liked, I guess I'll just call it intelligence, intelligent kind of humor. I loved, um, uh, what was the cheers? I loved Frasier. I loved those kinds of, of, of comedy shows that I watched it in reruns and friends. I, I was a comedy show that many people could watch in reruns to cheer them up and pull themselves out of depression. When you leave a legacy of comedy that cheered people up in their dark times, you, you, you lived a good life. He contributed he contributed to the society. He didn't have to come out and write a book about his addictions in which he bore all. He just bared it all out there, whatever you want to talk about, doing interviews in which he had obviously suffered brain damage and was struggling to speak because he wanted to help people. He was quoted as saying, I know when I die, all anybody's going to want to talk about is friends. What I really wish they would talk about was the work I tried to do to help people with their sobriety, like giving his home and turning his home in Malibu into a recovery center called Perry House. He loved when people would come up to them, come up to him and ask them how they could be sober. He talked about how he wasn't particularly good at it, but he knew how he could help people do that. And then I saw this. I didn't read his book, but I guess he says this in his book. I started to cry. I mean, really, I started to cry. That shoulder speaking. Oh, no. Before that, he says he prayed, God, please help me. I whispered, show me that you were here. God, please help me. He said, I started to cry. I mean, I really started to cry. That shoulder shaking kind of uncontrollable weeping. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because for the first time in my life, I felt okay. I felt safe, taken care of. Decades of struggling with God, struggling with God and wrestling with life and sadness, all was being washed away like a river of pain, gone into oblivion. I had been in the presence of God. I was certain of it. And this time I had prayed for the right thing, help. Eventually the weeping subsided, but everything was different now. I stayed sober for two years based solely on that moment. God had shown me a sliver of what life could be. He had saved me that day and for all the days, no matter what. He had turned me into a seeker, not only of sobriety and truth, but also of him. That really touched me to my heart. So for those that are acting as though Matthew Perry is just another, you know, celebrity, another Kurt Cobain or another worthless celebrity, uh, to me, he contributed to society far more than what most people who mocking him will ever do. Thoughts, Sesame Broccolini? Yeah, uh, as a Friends fan, uh, devastated, honestly. Um, I put that show right up there with Seinfeld, Cheers, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Office. So oh, many great ones. So many great ones. Yeah, we have ones. the same taste. Yeah. Um, but I also know through my family, uh, from, through, my, through my very, very close family, I know a lot about addiction and what people go through when they struggle with the throes of addiction, whether it's painkillers or whether it's food or whether whatever it is, it, you know, it's it's 
it's just a nasty thing. So I just to see someone who comes out of Hollywood who's not totally vain, who's not completely full of themselves and only interested in the fame and the fortune, someone who's really just trying to help people. Um, it's really inspiring. So I hope that he knows that he's missed <laughs> and he uh, he left a positive impact on those around him and he left a good legacy about really being kind and caring. And that's what he was on the show on Friends. His character Chandler yeah. was amazing on that show. Um, he was amazing on that show. The whole cast was. And uh, I just, yeah, I hope he knows how much he's loved and missed and how much we appreciated him and all of his good sides and not so good sides. And uh, I just hope that he's resting easy now, um, you know, with God. I really do. Yeah, at a time in which so many people, we have a, 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 just such a crisis of drug addiction in this country yep. with an administration, with the left pushing it, legalizing drugs, legalizing yes. drugs, legalizing pot, yep. and the the rise of schizophrenia, um, because today's pot is not your parents' grass in the 60s, uh, the Democrats want a society of drug-addicted people because it gives them power. Yes. And here was a man who was incredibly wealthy. He never had to write this book. He never had to do anything that had to do with helping anybody with sobriety. I cannot tell you that I would have ever done the media that he did looking as bad as he did, struggling to speak because of the brain damage he had done to himself. And yet he was trying to help people. And I just, it, so he's incredibly inspirational to me and that he spoke about God. I do, but I, I know that an autopsy was, got, was done. They have deferred giving the results. And I don't know if that's because there was, far, uh, you know, drugs found in, in the home mm-hmm. and it was a relapse. I don't know if it's because it was suicide um, or if it's because it was the clot shot. I don't know. But what I do know is that if the rest of us left just a tiny mark on the public that was this positive, it'd be a good thing, especially when um, you've struggled and you've fought hard and you found God and you're trying to help other people. That's a really good thing. That's a really good thing. That's the best thing in the end, coming back home to God, becoming what is becoming aligning yourself with what is right with your creator with the heavenly father that's like he talks about mm-hmm. in that moment that one moment with god was enough to last him for two years the kind of warmth that you feel when you accept god into your life is unparalleled and when you talk to people yes. who struggle with addiction it's always the same thing they've been humbled they're at rock mm-hmm. bottom they need something they need to feel something and it's always God that reaches out. They're trying to do it all out. on their own. Yeah. They're trying yes. to do it all on their own. Amidst this judgment the- and doubt and everything. Who, who knows yeah. what his friends or his family were saying and his coworkers. But still, it, just, to, just to fight like that and to be willing to, to pursue God, even when there's you know no promise that you'll feel better on this earth, it's just inspiring to see that. And that's... Yeah. I wish we saw more of that today. I hope this is a lesson for people that it's never too late to repent and to turn to God and to clean your life up and to get your stuff back together. It's never too late. No. And you know what? And it, and it just goes to show as well that, you know, it kept him sober for two years doing that. I mean, he, you're still going to struggle just because we have trials and tribulations here. Just becoming a Christian and accepting the Lord doesn't mean you're not going to. Mm-hmm. But what a testimony that was. And I haven't heard anybody talking about that, about him, that he found God. Have you been hearing about anybody talking about that in the media? Sadly, I no. It's been, a, it's been a debate so far about what actually killed him. 
And I just think that's such a, I mean, it's important. People are curious. I get that. But, uh, you know, um, it's sad that people are immediately trying to rush to figure that out without even just taking a pause. Who was Matt? Let's just celebrate his life a little bit here. Try to remember who he was. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I went through, I've, I've been through some, some personal family deaths in recent years and it's just, it's just hard. And I understand if his family wants all the privacy in the world, I certainly would not want paparazzi and the peanut gallery poking their heads in mm-hmm. into my life. Um, so I, I hope his family's staying strong and I hope that, uh, I hope the people out there that are actually, you know, um, looking at, at him and his life, they, they just take away the things that we're taking away. And I hope people can turn their focus to the positives, to the stuff he was doing, to the activism, to the work to get people clean um, and to his great comedy career. The guy had a great career yeah. as a very prolific actor on a show that will always be remembered. Hall of Fame I TV mean- show. Oh, if you've ever tried to act and comedy is yep. acting is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult. You don't know until you try to do it how hard it is to read words that somebody else wrote. And you've got to try to bring them to life when it didn't come from your own brain. Yep. And comedy is even harder than that. So um, he, what he contributed to society was absolutely a, a lot and unparalleled and I appreciate it. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. I've actually got a good news story to share with you guys. So don't go away. More Andrea K show coming right up. Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K show on the answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. For some reason, I can't find the article to tell you guys um, where this took place, what school it was. Somebody tagged me on um, Facebook, I believe it was, this article about, you know how I'm always saying that like when a pageant uh, winner ends up being a dude pretending he's a woman. And I'm like, you know what? I blame the women for this because they're going to, you know, you at this point, uh, we know that these organizations and these events are going to let these men compete. They wouldn't if the women stopped allowing it. Women need to be walking off and saying, we're not going to participate in this. And then event organizers and and sports events and different competitive outlets wouldn't have any competitions. Well, there was a good news story. There was a swim team um, somewhere, and I'm going to have to search for it again. I apologize, you guys. Somebody, I think it was Lori, tagged me in the post on Facebook. And so I don't know the name of the, of the school, but the, the girls all walked off and said they were not going to compete against this biological male. And I thought, this is what we need. This is the beginning. This is what we need. We need girls everywhere to say, you know what? It's not up to the NCAA. It's not up to the Miss Universe organization. It's up to us. And it's not happening. If, you know, Miss Universe, if all the women had said, we're not going to compete against him, he would have won because she was in anyway. Just you can you can go ahead and put the crown on him. We're not going to compete. There's not going to be any pageant. They're not going to get their advertising dollars. That And that's that's how you shut this crap down. Hat tip to these young girls. And I'm not sure if they made this decision on their own or if they had some parents there saying or, or the coach or if it was just the girls alone, but I think this was a major victory. Do you agree, Sesame? This is huge. I can't believe it's taken this long, but enough is enough, and it's about time. Um, Let's call this the Riley Gaines-Barker effect. The Riley Gaines-Barker effect? Yeah. 
Yeah, because it was it was a swimming meet. This needs to be you don't see there's some sports you're never going to see men trying to compete against girls. And one is gymnastics, because there's no way that <laughs> that that they can. I mean, and these gymnasts today all have to be girls because they, all, you know, uh, because of the size. Nowadays, female gymnasts are all like munchkins. They're all like, you know, four foot eight. Um, but, um, you know, if it, it, all the pageants, swimming, cycling, um, golfing, whatever the sport is, um, cause it doesn't have to be swimming. Women just need to need to put their foot down and say, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. So this is a win. So we've got this win in terms of sports. We, uh, uh, girls standing up for themselves. We also have a win this week with the parents up, uh, standing outside of a library and refusing to let, uh, pickle in to do a drag, drag queen story hour in front of little kids. Uh, that was a win. <laughs> nice try. We pickle. need <laughs> nice try pickle. And I hate that. I have a dog named pickles. So I hate that a drag queen kind of stole the name for my, my little uh, Shih Tzu pickles. I've got a rename. Rename. Let's just rename the drag dancer. <laughs> Get a new name. <laughs> the drag dancer. Do we call it a drag? <laughs> what do I call it? A drag performer? A dancer? I, I, I just yeah. don't even like it. I don't know. I know we've talked about it before, and it can be okay. And it's just, but it's just so intertwined with the grooming movement and the going after kids. And I don't know what to call it anymore. But that's that's sad. Yeah. Um, but it's a victory, though. Uh, it, Sorry, Pickle. Get out it, of here. It is. It is. It is a victory. We need more of this. and We need to encourage uh, more young women to do this. Um, tomorrow's show, we'll be back 6 p.m. Pacific time. Email me at andreakshow.com. Our 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. Email me topic suggestions, guest suggestions, thoughts, Particularly curious as to what you think about G. Van Fleet from last hour on the show. She is the Mao's Revolution survivor, and she's written a book to warn Americans about um, the what's going on here in this country. Frankie, I've gotten your emails. Um, he, Frankie sends me lots of YouTube videos. Um, I'm going to have to check those. Like one that says councilman exposed using tax dollars for what? Um, Frankie, I'm going to be watching all these YouTube videos. I'm going to be checking out what you've been sending me. I'm going to be picking up what you put down, my dude. Um, so continue to email me, you guys. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to Brian Maloney. Thank you to G. Van Fleet. Thank you, Sesame Broccolini. We will see, follow me on all the socials. If you miss any part of tonight's show, download the podcast, and we'll see you all tomorrow night. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.